Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So there you have it. Everybody says don't. Oh, everybody says don't, everybody says don't, everybody says don't, everybody. Have you ever heard that like people say don't to me all the time? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do it this way, don't do it that way. And I say, you know what, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm going to be who I'm going to be because I get to be authentically and uniquely me. And that's what we mean when we talk about multiplicity from unity, which is the theme for this month. That multiplicity means we, each and every one of us, get to show up in our own unique, individualized way. We get to be who we are. We get to express our identity. We get to have our own expression of personality in this thing called life. And what a magnificent thing that is. What a magnificent thing that is. Because here's the thing. Why would I want to be like anybody else? Why wouldn't I want to be authentically me? I mean, how much do we work to try to uphold some idea of what other people think we should be? I say, let us let that go today. Let us let that go today. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a quote that I came across from the Upanishads that um, I wanted to acknowledge today. It is this. It's a little, well, it's, it's not excessively long, but just go with me here. It says this, those who see all creatures within themselves and themselves within all creatures know no fear. Those who see all creatures within, creatures within themselves and themselves within all creatures know no grief. How can the multiplicity of life delude the one who sees its unity? Think about that. When we talk about multiplicity from unity, or at least when I talk about multiplicity from unity, I'm not talking about any concept of sameness, but I am talking about understanding that in my own unique identity, that I am still part of the interconnected wholeness that is all life. And I, and I, think, it's time, I think it's time that I celebrate that even more so now than ever before, because there's always room to celebrate that notion more and more and more and more. So I celebrated a little bit this week, specifically yesterday. Uh, my husband, Dane, and I, we went to Parker Canyon Lake. What a magnificent day. It was, you know, Friday is my day off. Well, Friday is my, and I put it in air quotes, day off, because in ministry, sometimes I feel like we never have a day off because we're always, you know, ministers, no matter what. We're always showing up as ministers. <laughs> but it was a day that I did not have to be here at the church. I didn't have to be in my office. And so we took the easy drive down to Parker Canyon Lake. Um, we went out on a paddle boat. We rented a paddle boat. And we, you know, we paddled out to the middle of the lake. And we just floated there for a while. It was so nice. Oh, it was so good to connect with nature. And, you know, we, we interacted, we saw so much. There was, you know, of course, there's the cypress and the scrub oak experiencing the wind in the sky and the clouds, you know, it was partially cloudy. So there were clouds going over and there was a storm in the distance so we could hear the thunder. Um, there was a point at which I looked, we were in the middle of the lake and I looked at, uh, at the shore and I said, oh, look, Dane, there's a deer over there. And so deer, vultures and hawks flying overhead. And um, when we were done with the boat, we went and we just sat on the, on the, um, shore for a little bit. There was a nice little toad who came and, you know, hung out with us for a little while. 
It's just allowing ourselves to reconnect to, you know, touching the earth and having the experience of getting away from all of this constructed stuff that we have put up in our lives. You know, when I get, and, and <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I spend a lot of time in my office. Now, gratefully, I have an office that looks out onto the mountains, and it's lovely to be able to have that. It didn't always have that. Um, it's easy to forget, though, when we're sitting and we're doing our work and we you know, start to shut ourselves off. It's easy to forget that we're part of this infinite, magnificent world. And I think that the more we get back to nature, the more we recognize our unification, our unity with the wholeness. And I think it's actually very easy to forget how interconnected we are right here and right now because we feel such a sense of separation with everything that's going on. You know, we hear the news. And, and you know, I know that these talks kind of always end up touching on this world experience we're having, but how can they not? If I'm here to speak about how do we uh, spiritually evolve ourselves through this thing called life, then we have to address what's happening in the world. We cannot bury our head in the sand around it. So I think it's easy to forget how interconnected all of it is, but we have options always for connection. Are we taking advantage of them? I think is a great question to ask. Are we taking advantage of those infinite options we have to make connections. And it's not just connections with other people, although that is absolutely necessary and valid, but it is allowing ourselves to become connected with a sense of nature, the natural, the wholeness. You know, I'm good about talking about the uh, things that I want to do. They often end up being good ideas. I, I, one of the great lessons I learned was um, the difference between a good idea and an intention. And I've talked about this on my, on my mindful moment not too long ago. The idea of intention being that it is always followed with action. Then you know it's an intention because there's that driving force, that fire from within that is saying, yes, that good idea is something upon which you need to act. And so I'm good at talking about the things I want to do and those are good ideas, but when I actually take action, that's when it becomes an intention. Yesterday, I could have gotten wrapped up in all the things I thought about that I needed to accomplish and said, I'm too busy. I'm too busy, to, you know, and I actually thought about this. I woke up in the morning and, you know, we got a later start in the day than we really intended to. And I thought, well, maybe we should just stay home and I can, you know, stay home and do all the things that I think I need to do. I'm too busy. You ever hear that yourself say that? but that would have been a disservice. It would have been a disservice. So I'm grateful that I took the opportunity to get away to be able to reconnect. I chose to get out and experience that magnificent multiplicity. I mean, I could have chosen, and it is a choice. I could have chosen to accept what essentially is fear and grief weighing down the collective consciousness all around me right now. And it brings up this question. What are any one of us, what are we doing 
to address that in our own lives because we can very easily fall into those places of complaint about all the things that are happening all around us. But we are the point, just like I talk about with this light, with, these, with, 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 with the peace candle and with the lighting the flames of faith. We are the point at which any of this changes. And so if we allow our minds to be wrapped up with the weight of the collective, then we will, consi- they will, we, we will continue to experience what we are experiencing. We can change by changing first and foremost our own lives. When we change ourselves, we change the world because the world cannot help but change. Those who see all creatures within themselves and themselves within all creatures know no fear. They know no grief. So in recognizing who I am and recognizing it in everything in the world around me, I separate myself from the fear and the grief, those lower vibrational energies that just drag me down. So what does it mean to you this idea that I talk about all the time, you know, that's, that's actually rooted in the name of the, of the church. It is unity. What does it mean to you, this idea that all life is one unified wholeness? Think about that. What does it mean that life is one unified wholeness? Does it afford you the opportunity to feel expanded and expansive as part of this infinite wholeness? Or do you feel diminished and less than because it feels overwhelming? I choose, and it is a choice, I choose to feel expansive and expanded. And so when I was out on the lake, it was just a moment of recognizing that I am part of that magnificence. Expansive feelings are born of a consciousness of unity, which we can develop. That's the difference. We can feel the expanded feelings when we understand that consciousness of unity because contracted feelings are born of a consciousness of separation. Those, dimin- those feelings of diminishment are because we feel separate from the wholeness. So our work is to get out and be part of the infinite wholeness. That is why I chose and choose to get back to nature on a regular basis. We can spend our days listening to everybody who says don't. Or we can rise above the fray and the fear and the grief of the collective and illuminate a different path for ourselves and others. (laughs) I want to be clear, though, because this could be taken the wrong way. This is not a call to irresponsibility. This is not a call to any one of us to act in an irresponsible way. This is a call to each and every one of us to remember that as we are multiplicity expressed from unity, that any way in which the multiplicity is out of alignment or integrity is a way that jeopardizes the whole. So within this construct, it is my requirement of myself to be in alignment with the most magnificent attributes of this divine energy, to always be acting from love, from light, from life, from peace, from power, from beauty, from joy. And when I am in alignment with those ideas, 
That is being in integrity. That is experiencing and expressing the wholeness because that's what integrity means, wholeness. And I am never in a place that jeopardizes the whole when I am in alignment with that. And it is also not just doing that for myself or being that for myself, but recognizing that is the identity of every single person I encounter. So the activity of our identity supports the whole when we act in accordance with our inherent integrity. Our activity, the things we do in this world, which are born from our personality, our innate identity, which is God, that supports the whole when we are acting in accordance with that inherent integrity, that inherent wholeness, that inherent Godness. How do we know? You know, how do we know if we are in integrity? Well, our thoughts, our words, and our actions align with those attributes. Light, life, peace, power, beauty, joy, and so much more. But most of all, they are in alignment with love. They are in alignment with love. They are expressing from love. And they are in, are, they are in support of all. They are in support of the wholeness. We lend our lights to the upliftment of each other. And in the song today, while it may not have the meaning in the context of the show from which it uh, comes forth, it is a call for me to stand firm in love. I mean, it seems to be telling us to break the rules, right? And so it is. It seems to be like, if everybody says these are the rules, go break them. You know what? Go break them if the rules require being broken. But the rules can create a consciousness of separation that needs to be broken. It's up to us to be on that path, to be on that journey, to de determine what that means for every one of us. You know, it, the song says, don't walk on the grass. Don't walk on the grass. Don't walk on the grass. For me, that's a consciousness of separation. That's saying, be separate from nature. I love, you know, I love having my feet in the grass. Yesterday, we, we had our, you know, uh, camping chairs and we put them into the water and we sat there and had our feet in the water and, you know, my toes were in the mud a little bit felt really good. Don't laugh at the king. I love that uh, line. Don't laugh at the king. The only reason that we would think that there is a king is because we feel less than. And we should laugh at that concept, that concept of anything having any dominion over us. Our lives are expressed in infinite shades in infinite tones and hues, all of which should be celebrated. And there is absolutely no difference between the infinite nature of my expression and the infinite nature of the expression of anyone else. Our core pattern, the spiritual blueprint of each and every one of us is one of harmony and order. When we know who we are, we experience life harmoniously. And in this experience, the, the, the expression of life gets bigger. The expression of life gets bigger in this consciousness. Emerson said, there is no great and no small to the soul who maketh all. And where it cometh, all things are, and it cometh everywhere. 
Take that to heart. There is no great. There is no small. There is no difference. You know, I always talk about, when I talk about finances and spiritual, a spiritual approach to finances, I always tell people, God does not know the difference between a dime and a million dollars. All God understands and expresses is infinite abundance. And so we're the ones who make these determinations about the value of a dime and the value of a million dollars. If we were, if we began to see the value of a dime as equal to the value of a million dollars, we would have no wants in this life any longer. But we are consistently bombarded with these messages that that is less than and that is greater than. Now, fundamentally, 10 cents is less than a million dollars. I get it. I get it. But spiritually, there's no difference. Spiritually, there's no difference. So there is no great and no small to the soul who maketh all. That infinite soul, God, does not know the difference. And where it cometh, all things are, and it cometh everywhere. So everywhere, everything is equal, all of it. Let us begin to accept that our core identity, love, is the great equalizer. And love is the gravity of consciousness. The mass of mind, that is our consciousness And love is the mass of mind. It can be increased, like physical mass. So this is what I mean by that. Gravity is the universal force of attraction between all matter. And items of greater mass have a greater gravitational pull than things with less mass. That's physics. Do you remember physics from high school? They go through that a lot in astronomy because you think about the gravitational pull of the sun and how we're all in alignment and and everything stays in balance because of that. So gravity is the universal force of attraction between all matter. And when I talk about love being the gravity of consciousness, what I mean is love is the universal force of attraction between all consciousness expressions. Love is the universal force of attraction between all expressions of consciousness. And so as we love more, we draw more love to ourselves. That's about as simple as I can make it. When we deepen a consciousness of love, we draw to ourselves that which we are like. The greater the love, the more love we attract. Love is not something we obtain. Love is something we are and that we share. And as we recognize that we are that which is, we actually increase the mass of love that is expressing by means of each and every one of us. And we attract to ourselves more of the same. So let us release any notion that we get love from others. We don't. We don't get love from others. We attract to us that which we are inherently. So if you want to, if you want more love in your life, act in accordance with the truth of your being, which is love. If you want more love, be more loving. Love itself is not an activity, but the actions of our activity, the activity of our lives rooted in love are the things that will draw more love into our experience. That's the gravity of consciousness.
Charles Fillmore wrote, God does not love anybody or anything. God is the love in everybody and everything. God is love. Man becomes loving by permitting that which God is to find expression in word and act. He's saying the same thing. The gravity of consciousness, which is how I choose to understand love now, is flowing forth in the activity of my life, but I must be rooted in that consciousness first and foremost. So here's what I say. I say do. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to act from love, from the love that is the core of your beingness, to recognize that as you do so, you are connected to an interwoven wholeness that is expressing from love at all times and in all ways. This week, find new ways to express your true nature, which is love. Catch yourself, and here's, the, here's, here's, here's where the work comes in. Catch yourself if you are acting in, opposi in opposition to your true nature and turn it around in that moment. Do not wait. Allow yourself to catch yourself in the moment if you are acting in opposition to your true loving nature. Make a quick correction and move forward. Let the gravity of consciousness be your guide. Let yourself be attracted by love and to love and become an attractor as love from love. Permit the love that God is to find expression in all your thoughts, all your words, and all your deeds. Namaste. Hi, this is Rev. Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.